0: The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing?
2: All right, thanks, man. How are you?
1: A bit quiet around. <laughs> yeah, nothing going on in football. It could be a short one today. Yeah, we were struggling to think of,
2: uh, well, I mean, what can we even talk about? Let's just create some content. Oh, oh. nothing actually happening Ooh. in football, so let's,
1: let's create some content.
2: You know I don't like the C
1: word. <laughs> Oof. Right, are you good? Good weekend? Very good. Just a whole weekend of watching football. There was actually a problem where there was so much football on, so much important football and so much good football that I actually struggled to find time to, to cook. So I ended up cooking. This is a window into my world. I ended up actually making a bean stew at halftime at Chelsea Arsenal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I was cooking I figured. watching <laughs> Spurs-Liverpool. Like I started at halftime and then, you know, cause that's when the main prep and concentration had to be done. And then the mm. second t- the second half I had the game on in the kitchen, but. Was still kind of cooking alone. The irony was, the moment that I finished cooking, Arsenal began to cook.
3: (laughs) Ha ha. See, I did there. Segway.
2: We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Don't forget, Righty's House is on its own feed. If you cannot find it, go to the Righty's House Twitter page and scroll down a few. You'll find a tweet with all of the links to Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, hopefully. Uh, This week, Florence and Jeanette will be joining in in the studio. A house. They're going to talk a lot about Chelsea-Arsenal actually and also Man United-Chelsea game in the Women's Super League. Mm, huge game, yeah. Yes, which was seismic. Yeah, so maybe we'll swerve too much of the Chelsea-Arsenal chat but to be honest, I don't think we're going to have time to chat about actual games that much at all on this episode because we delayed the recording of today's episode to catch the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League draws mm. and then everything else has just kind of kicked off as well. It has. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some stuff first and then we'll, we'll do a quick roundup of some games in the second half because there, were, there was El Grand Derby this weekend. Yes. Oh my God. Which had one of the best equalizers I've ever seen. And that entire game. But yeah, oh my that, God. Yeah. Wow. The thing wow, is, right, wow. when I was watching it back because I couldn't watch it live mm. and uh, I was like, oh, this must be like 80th minute then because there'd been so many red cards and so much happening. It was like, no, it's halftime. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was was halftime. It's halftime. <laughs> There was Derby d'Italia, the Derby della Capitale, the Derby dell'Ogwanga. Yes, is the correct. I wrote della Oguanga on Twitter. Sorry, Italian speakers, but I assume it's the apostrophe because of the vowels. Mm. So there's that. There was obviously Chelsea Arsenal. There was Spurs Liverpool. There was LAFC winning the MLS their first MLS Cup. It's unbelievable there how was much stuff. Yeah. the 10 red cards in the Boca game. 10 red cards. <laughs> and then FSG decided that they want to flip Liverpool. Which we should probably start with because that's so wild. Let's get into it after the break.
4: Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.
2: Paul Ralph being fired by Southampton. Right. So we'll have to talk about that in a little bit as well. Okay. So first of all, disclaimer up top, apologies if we, A, don't mention your club from this weekend. Yes. B, miss anything out because we literally have no idea if we're going to be able to fit everything in. Yes. Because also
1: more things will be happening. Given today, more things will definitely happen in the recording of this podcast
2: and the publication of this podcast. This podcast is literally out of date per word spoken. Thank you. It's already out of date. Exactly. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, right. So let's start with the news that is kind of, <laughs> I mischievously wrote in the Rights House group that FSG saw the Champions League draw and thought, "Now fuck this. The time is to sell. Yes. And that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the Athletic Reports. It's from David Ornstein. Of course it is. The brilliant. The Oracle. Yep. <laughs> Ornageddon. FSG, according to David Ornstein, have put Liverpool up for sale. Um, Taken from his piece in The Athletic, a full sales presentation has been produced for interested parties. They've looked at opportunities in the past but decided against moving forward with them. Uh, FSG is inviting offers. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley have been retained to assist with the process. The statement says there have been a number of recent changes of ownership and rumours of changes in ownership at Premier League clubs and inevitably we are asked regularly about Fenway Sports Group's ownership in Liverpool. FSG has frequently received expressions of interest from third parties seeking to become shareholders in Liverpool. FSG has said before that under the right terms and conditions we would consider new shareholders if it was in the best interests of Liverpool as a club. FSG remains fully committed to the, Liv- to the success of Liverpool both on and off the pitch. Um,
3: wow. I'm not going to say this, am I? I'm not going to say what I think. Prime territory for Elon Musk,
1: isn't it? Oh, God. Look, here's the thing, actually. The thing about, and the reason, I'm only half joking, the reason I say this is Liverpool now are such a big club, they're actually in danger. They're in real danger because there's now a very limited number of entities, individuals or states that can afford to buy Liverpool. Mm. And the entity or the individual that ends up buying Liverpool will most likely be an owner, who has our odds with the philosophy of Jürgen Klopp. That is a big problem. And actually with Liverpool and the values that a lot of their fans have, right? The things they stand for far beyond, this is a community. Liverpool is like, not just a club, it's a community. Like you could almost argue the football and the pitch is the very beginning of what Liverpool stand for. And this is a very worrying time for them. Yeah, I agree. I'm genuinely concerned actually about this. Yeah,
2: I am as well. And I don't want to sound too doom and gloom, but we talked about it when Newcastle got taken over that these institutions can just be essentially picked up, passed around, sold on.
1: Mm. It just really concerns me because we know that lines were crossed with ownership of clubs long before. And Liverpool, you know, FSG are not, they're not angels. They were all in on the Super League. We know this much. And at the same time, if you look at how they've run, let's say the Red Sox, there are ownerships where you have an ownership where you're like, you know what, fundamentally I can still kind of sleep at night supporting this team. And there are others where you're like, I'm really conflicted about this slash out the door. And I, I really worry about this. It's so interesting as well. This is the timing because it's a bad time for Liverpool to go on the market. Not mm-hmm. because their value's not high. Don't get me wrong. The value is high, but We've seen before, and Liverpool know this before, when you have a change in ownership, transition on and off the field at the same time is not a good look. Let's say a club like a Real Madrid don't for sale. Real Madrid's squad right now is primed for sale because whoever takes over will have a two or three year period of grace when they keep winning, despite what's happening at executive level. We saw that with Barca. The squad was so well developed from La Messia and the coaching and the structure that actually Barcelona was very resilient on the pitch. It's incredible looking back how resilient they were. The 2015 treble will go down, given the level of executive dysfunction, you know, senior level, management level, it will go down as one of the great triumphs that Luis Enrique held back together while everything was going on above him. My concern for Liverpool is the transition on the pitch, Klopp who's been there for a while and the change in ownership. And I don't say, I say this with, with concern. The quality of the like, if you look at the Premier League middle class, like the results that came out at the weekend, like you could argue the best games in the Premier League actually were in the kind of middle section of the table. There's a lot of clubs that are really making leaps quite quickly and Liverpool having a transitional time on and off the field, that could push them into a spot in the league they're not ready for for the next two or three years. That is a worry of mine.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I know that the, there are realities in the game now which weren't there 30 odd years ago. Mm. You know, I'm not naive enough to pretend that everything can just be changed in an instant like that, but I do genuinely think that we've used this term a number of times on the podcast recently, but the horse has already bolted it bolted years ago. Yes, yes. It's hard to know where it what has to be done to bring clubs back into what's the word, more of a sustainable, long-term, quote unquote yep. ownership. because I do, I do genuinely think that there needs to be some change. Because people
1: still laugh at the Bundesliga,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: People. Here's the thing. People will laugh at the Bundesliga if Bayern win the next 10 league titles. But here's the thing. I can guarantee you the fans of Freiburg, Eintracht, Union are much happier the way the Bundesliga is now, even with 20 in a row, than with what we have. It's still better. And I, and I, I know that sounds like me being dramatic. I still think it's better.
2: Yeah, I, I do. Still I think mean, it's better Freib- because for example, they- you look at Freiburg, they would go to their first ever cup final that season and they've yeah. gone straight through the Europa Cup Europa League group stages they finish top of their groups they don't even have to they don't even have to play any of the the teams coming into the tournament from the Champions League Man United do Man United one of the richest clubs in the world well now overtaken by Manchester City because of their quote unquote unbelievable commercial income and also because a country is richer than any football club. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, not, not, mean, any, like, not any, not any, not I, any country, wanna, but you know. like this isn't, because, this isn't because Liverpool are more or less important than any other football club. We've talked about this before with, with club ownership. People know our thoughts on this. It's probably completely pointless us even raising this as a, as a possibility because it's, I just don't know when it's going to happen or if it mm. will ever happen. Something needs to change because... Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether we're just going off on a tangent for a topic no, we're not, that doesn't we're not. need it. No, but this is, this, no,
1: this is absolutely what it's about. It's absolutely like, what it's
2: about. I'm just really sick of seeing clubs being passed around. Mm. Institutions, great institutions, institutions. Regardless,
1: regardless of the size, whether you've got a, a weekly attendance of 50, 500 or whatever, 50,000. Yeah. You're an institution that provides joy to the community. Yep. I mean, a lot of suffering in the case of some of, us cl- some of our clubs, but still, no, the, no, joking aside, like this conversation about institutions and and how they're worth preserving is a really big one. And any Liverpool fan that is feeling anxiety at this point, you know, you, you have my sympathy. You have my sympathy.
2: Uh, so we'll keep an eye on uh, who comes in yeah, as and when stuff happens in, in, in the Liverpool case. Um, very quickly, let's talk about Ralph Hasenhutl because he's, he is no longer Southampton manager. And mm. we'll be brief on this because with everything else that's going on, yeah, I think it was probably coming. We've always been quite big fans of Ralph Hasenhuttle and we we watched a lot of him in Germany before. It's a curious one with Ralph because I don't actually think his stock is any lower. Yeah, and I saw an interesting thing that Neef, a Neath York. Oh, it's funny. Right? I, was, I was just I was just bring yeah, that up. It's so really funny because I think Neef is a Southampton fan. And actually, he completely like echoed what I was thinking about it in the sense that he said that Ralph is probably the, a good, like the right manager, but at the wrong time for the club. If he if he'd yeah. only joined within the last year or so with the new model and new ownership and new structure, it would have been really, really good.
1: And that's right. And Nief summed up perfectly. It's funny because you were saying that and I was bringing it up. Mm. Yeah, the, the financial restraints and bad results that clearly jaded him, wrote Neef. I think that's right. You know, he was tasked to bring, keep us in the Premier League during a tough period for Saints. There was limbo with the owner. We needed to sell to buy. And we couldn't spend more than £50 million pounds on a player. But other clubs around us were spending double, triple that. It was understated how tough a job it was. Absolutely right. It was exhausting. There was one time we covered um, a Saints game on Stadio, and I was, I think I looked, we both looked at the lineup, and I was like, this is no disrespect to the players. It was more about the investment. In terms of the investment, this was not a Premier League side yeah. that he was putting out there. It really was not. And so people would mock some of the catastrophic results they would have, but part of me was thinking, yeah, but some of those, in the context of the tiredness of the squad and the quality, it's about par.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Every now and again, a team like that is going to get thrashed, yeah. Because it doesn't have the depth. You yeah. saw it with Union You saw it with Union against Leverkusen the weekend. Like have been playing great football, but the intensity is so much, and the squad is a bit old, as Jasmine Baba pointed out, and it's quite thin at certain points. That yeah. when it's put under that pressure, it's going to snap now and again. Yep. So much respect to um, Haas and an outstanding coach, and everyone that knows, everyone that knows his work, everyone that knows a bit about the coaching. That went to that will, will abide by that. Good luck to Southampton. And it's one of those ones where it's a relationship that had run its course. Mm. But I I think I don't look badly on Southampton for making this move either. I think it's one of those ones with I think almost both of them emerge kind of with credit. I don't think any less of Southampton for making this move. Mm. And if anything, I've got slightly more respect for him, actually. So yeah, all
2: to the good. Do we need to go on to the Champions League next? Is that what we're doing? I think we do. We need to do it. Do you know what I feel like today? I feel like the first time you see the multiverse. <laughs> Very disorientating, isn't it? <laughs> it is it, it is, is. it is, right? It is. It is. It is. Do you feel uh, that too? When when a lot of stuff happens at once?
1: Like... It's so funny you draw this comparison, actually, because there is a scene in... It's so weird you should say that, Ryan, because just before I was signing the podcast and I saw this news going on today it's like actually the scene at the very final um, episode of the Loki series when he yes. who remains says every, all the real just went poof, everything explodes. Well, yeah, do and you know what? Honestly, it's, that's exactly the moment I was thinking of. It's so funny you mentioned this. But I actually, so I actually
2: feel like the bit where I'm like, I feel we're, we're long into the phase of football where we're like, I don't know what happens. Now.
1: The past the threshold. Do you know what's so weird? Isn't it isn't so funny how you know how like politically we're in really like chaotic times, like we've had mm-hmm. all those prime ministers in the UK so recently and, and it's so interesting how football just mirrors that chaos completely. Yep. Like there are so many things in football that have happened in the last few years. That like, a lot of things have always happen in football, but it feels like the last three to four years it's been accelerated. I mean, look at the Super League, for example, mm-hmm. right? We might see that again. It's almost yeah. like football is, it's like deteriorating or changing at an exponential speed,
2: Dude, listen, um, it's like I said yeah. on the last audio. when I floated a hypothetical tongue-in-cheek run for the UEFA presidency, which I would immediately turn into an autocratic regime. Yes. And everyone listening would be like, hey, that's actually better than what we've got. You know shit is bad.
1: Do you know it's so scary? How quickly you normalised extremism, because we got almost no pushback
2: on that.
3: We got so <laughs> no pushback. But do you <laughs> know what could have happened,
2: though? No one <laughs> listens <laughs> to <till laughs> the end of the podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but... We know that some do because in response to the Champions League draw today, we had a little bit of a, some collaborative fan fiction. Oh I'm not going to say fan fiction because that's, that's being very disrespectful. <laughs> collaborative listener fiction. Okay, yeah, yeah. It started with Ashish saying, Stadio, did Okwanga make this draw? Then Alexandru followed up with, Ryan Hunt simply emerged into a press room and read out the fixtures, taking no questions. We knew what this was. <laughs> and then Jack Daddy replied saying, as he walked away, Ryan Hunt uttered one word, Vibes.
3: <laughs>
2: they know you too well. They know
1: you too well. But can I, can I say it as Do well? You
2: know, I would have done this, has been going around recently, but I would have just read out the draw and then just done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: These draws, though, to be fair, I can see why everyone's excited. Can read them out? Yeah, let's read them out. So the Champions League first in the Europa League. So, Champions League, last 16. RB Leipzig v Manchester City, Club Bruges against Benfica, Liverpool against Real Madrid, AC Milan against Tottenham, Eintracht Frankfurt against Napoli, Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea, Inter Milan against Porto, and Paris Saint-Germain against Bayern Munich.
2: We got a load of our chaos draws. These are... We've got the Inter Porto one. You can go for the food. It's booster. spectacular. The food. I really, I really like these drawers. I um, I think they're amazing. You know that little gif of Klopp looking down and then popping up smiling. That's what I put. That's, <laughs> that, that's what I put. I put it on Twitter. I was just like, this is me watching the drawers. These are great. Like, I think they're great. Yeah, there are some ties that we've seen before, but there are some interesting repeat ties. Like Liverpool-Real Madrid is an interesting one because that means that we know but that this, one of them aren't going to go and this aren't gonna early deep. And this early exactly. in the competition. And I'm actually really pleased Damn. that Rugger and Benfica met each other because I mean it's unfortunate for those individually, but I, it would be really good to see one of those go through. Yes, love it. Um, I mean, AC Milan, Spurs, a revisit of you know we're going to get Joe Jordan rocking up again looking for Gattuso.
3: Actually, <laughs> <Especially> like <laughs>
1: elsewhere. Do you know I'd love it know? if they got them. Do you know I'd love a really smart TV company. We'd pay them all expenses, get a box for them and just have them like have a meal and get them do like a promo pre-match because they're probably mates by now. Like yeah, the thing that like actually really bonds, because yeah. they're not, they're not in the intensity of it No, and it probably bonds them quite well. I'd get them in. I'd ask them both to do
2: it. Yeah, do it. Stick them in some balcony lights and yeah. like, we talked That's about number before, St- but
1: it's another Statler and Waldorf. That's actually not a bad draw for Spurs, to be honest.
2: I don't think it's a bad draw either. Although I think over two legs, I think it's a, a bit tight to call. Also, I agree, but, but also, it's, a, it's a more. We, yeah. ma- we mentioned this before, but I think uh, with previous t- draws, but how these sides are going to look come February is anyone's guess. That's a great shout. it's a great shout. You know, Eintracht Napoli in the. I think this is the tie of the round for football and for chaos and for fan bases. Uh, I mean, I would have loved them both to have avoided each other and gone through. Yeah, that was my slight feeling. Yeah, we should try and go to the Frankfurt leg. Actually, we should try and go to both. Do you reckon we could get in? Listen, do you know what UEFA? I'm going to make you a deal. UEFA get us to both, and I promise I will never make a run for president.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd love to! I'd so love to go to Eintracht
2: uh, Napoli. We should try and go, man. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try. try. Uh, Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea. I love this draw as well. My God, yeah, so good. Uh, We talked about Inter Porto, which I love. Yeah, the Pulisic derby Derby. (laughs) and the Obama derby, I suppose as well. Yeah. Inter-Porto we mentioned, uh, I love that draw. Porto are loving that as well, I can tell you that. Porto will really fancy themselves, and they should fancy themselves. To be honest though, I think apart from maybe like the absolute favourites, I don't think Porto should be scared of anyone in this. No,
1: no, no. I couldn't even tell you who the absolute favourites are. Maybe City. Here's the funny thing though, City are the tournament favourites and at the same time, Leipzig are a horrible proposition. Because the way they're counterattacking, if Timo Werner's back, if he's fit mm. and he's got some, he's obviously he missing miss the World Cup.
2: Cup, which is a real shame.
1: Yeah, but if Werner's fit in February in a knockout, the way that Leipzig have been counterattacking, it's actually, they're, 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 put it this way, there, there are certain teams you'd rather play in terms of like skill sets and matchups. And the way that Leipzig are countering, they could be quite dangerous, I
2: think. I think it's pretty tough to predict who will go, I mean, we didn't even mention the last one, PSG against Bayern. Well, no, I look, can I tell you about, can I, before we go to psg Bayern very quickly,
1: Liverpool-Real Madrid is really interesting because you have a desperate Liverpool. You have a desperate Liverpool and this might be their only chance of getting back into the Champions League because of the challenges, the transition mental, the challenges they've had, right? If Liverpool are like, let's say seventh, around the time of this, they haven't had that kind of moment. Everyone's expecting Liverpool to like, pick up a load of points. Mm. What, that doesn't happen. What if they're in February that hasn't happened yet? And it's like, do you know what guys, we've got to go all in for this. That is a Liverpool that no team in the tournament wants to face. And that is probably what Real- Real Madrid will get a taste of. So I mean, that I mean, is, get that is like, extremely, get back fit, Liverpool it's, by extremely then. it's extremely intriguing. And also the funny thing is he looks like Mo Salah, right? Mo Salah, not going to the World Cup, started scoring again, had some in different form, but has still scored a load of goals. This is the wild thing. Mo Salah is like not playing his best, right? And he's still like getting really important goals for Liverpool so now you're going to have that hunger mm. that, that Liverpool it's so weird but they could be the scorpion in the sock actually
2: From Madrid did, shout out to Colin Miller Colin Miller wrote a tweet saying with Jürgen Klopp as manager Liverpool have exclusively been knocked out of the Champions League by clubs from Madrid the one season they didn't play a club from Madrid they won the Champions League in Madrid <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible <laughs> I love Colin thank you Colin
1: <laughs> wild I, that's what, this, I love this tie. I just love how, do you know I love this Champions League draw? They always say that in certain movies you have to save like the big moments for the end. But if you watch like, for example, just watched a talk of multiverses, uh, everything everywhere all at once. Ooh, that film, it, is it good? yeah. all I'll say is that film puts incredible moments near the beginning. And that is the sign of confident storytelling, right? The confident storytellers aren't afraid to have the big moments early on because they're like, other better stuff is going to come later, and this Champions League draw is like it's confident storytelling. Nice. And again, why are we getting rid of this? Why are we changing um, this format?
3: Well,
1: <laughs> we didn't even talk PSG Bayern. <laughs> no, I mean we didn't.
2: But I think again, it just depends. Well, actually, on the Bayern thing, because we'll probably swerve most of the Bundesliga stuff from this week. But um, Alfonso Davies limped off with a hamstring strain on the weekend, which mm. is really worrying for for. Canada ahead of the World Cup although I think he will probably just be okay Mm. that came in Bayern's 3-2 win over Hertha at the Olympia Stadion and as we mentioned Union losing this weekend they lost 5-0 to Leverkusen that means that Bayern are now top of the league by a point from Freiburg Union are third Dortmund are fourth Dortmund also won on the weekend Freiburg are second in the Bundesliga in November incredible 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 Union listen
1: Union, it's incredible you're there. It's incredible, Freiburg, that you're there. Yep, it's unbelievable. Yes,
2: a good round of games this weekend as well. And also, we've got an English Ravocca in the Bundesliga this week. So, we'll touch on some midweek games on Thursday, Stadio. Uh, but Gladbach, Dortmund, Friday night. This week. Tasty. Oof. Anyway. Do you want to read out the Europa League draw? Yes, Europa League draw. Here we oh go. Oh so, this is for the playoff draw. So, teams that finish second in the group against the teams parachuting in from the Champions League. And we have Barcelona against Manchester United. Juventus against Nantes, Sporting against Midland, Shakhtar against Ryan, Ajax against Unión. It's incredible. Yeah. incredible. Unión are in a Europa League knockout game against fucking Ajax. Can
1: I? I don't want to sound. To um, that
2: actually, can I?
1: Can I say this? I don't want to sound stereotypical. The beer consumption. Ugh. Oh.
2: And do you know what's going to be great? The All the fans
1: are going to get on really well. Oh yeah, the halftime food. We already, have, after that game, by the way. we already have people in the chat. There's <laughs> I don't want to shame people. One of my friends in the group is already trying to bribe people <laughs> to help them get a ticket for the, uh, the
2: Union game. Incredible. It's going to be unbelievable, yeah. Um, Bayer Leverkusen against Monaco. That is spicy. Severe PSV. Oh my
3: god. Yes, yes, uh,
2: Salzburg-Roma. Yes. So. Classy.
1: That's the classiest tie for sure. We'll go to that in black tie.
2: And then the winners of those ties face the teams that finish top in their groups in the Europa League. And there's another draw for that, I think, in February. Um,
1: the Vibes tie is definitely Ajax Union. Oh, it's like.
2: Oh, I, I can't even think where do of the you words. Go, where do you even go with that? I mean, where do you even go Barcelona, Manchester United in a Europa League game has big football manager energy.
1: Yes. Heritage is heritage. You know, exactly. Um, it's Blurview Oasis, isn't it? It is kind of, it is. <laughs> it, is it is. Can I say Juventus Nantes just for like pure mid nineties vibes is incredible. Like the heritage of that specific, that was a semi-final back in the mid nineties. Uh, Champions League. And yeah, just the heritage of that tie is unbelievable. That's going to be great. And Shakhtar, Shakhtar Rennes just for the quality of the football and the speed. Hey, Rennes a lovely town as well. Inject it. Inject it. Love it. Nice um, little trip for
2: Shakhtar there. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, let's do quickly, there was also the Conference League draw. Uh, Karabag versus Ghent, Trabzonspor versus Basel, Lazio versus Cluj, Budoglimp versus Lech, Braga versus Fiorentina, which is a that That's one is for the, spe- the food. food. Yeah. The food. Oh my God. That's the food draw. Lanika versus oh. Dinipro, Sharif versus Partisan, and Ludigarets versus Anderlecht.
1: I'm going to the Braga game. No particular reason. No explanation. Um, I've just actually decided I might
2: go there.
3: <laughs>
2: You're going to turn up in a Star Wars Destroyer just during the game or just before kickoff. All of a sudden, above the ground, it's just going to go. Phoom. You know, like when they come out of hyperspace,
3: <laughs> 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 and then you are just going
2: to hit with Wogonga flying down, <laughs> land straight at the buffet table. I am pretty sure the Braga ground was our <laughs> yes, super the villain. home of the supervillain. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> incredible. Um, right, so that is those are the draws for the men's European knockout so far, and. They're bloody great. All right, shall we so take a quick break and then try and talk about some football? Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, and quick shout for the WSL, which we mentioned, but we'll we'll save we'll let we'll let the, the Right House folk take care of that. But um Arsenal remain top. They beat Leicester 4 0 at Leicester. Manchester United losing 3 1 at home to Chelsea. Thanks to goals from Sam Kerr, Lauren James and Erin Cuthbert mean that that's the first time Man United dropped points this season. And it means that Chelsea, having played a game more, have gone above Man United in the table. Brighton, on their first game after Hope Powell left the club, won a nine goal thriller. They won 5-4 against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Just very quickly, a shout for Barcelona winning the, uh, it's not really the Clasico, but they beat Real yeah, Madrid it's not 4-0. Really, yeah, it's built. I mean, it's built because yeah. of it
1: but yeah they're still Romandu are still building themselves up yeah
2: do you want to go to MLS quick yeah. just yeah, yeah yeah we should because yeah. this was a wild LAFC. game LAFC Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union do you know what's actually quickly about that before no. this before you start I was explaining that I've been watching this game to someone I called them Philadelphia Union oh you, yeah because, because I union. keep calling, them, calling <laughs> it like Union 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 I was like yeah Philadelphia Union and I was just like oh that's didn't I just call them that as well no you said Union phew I'm not even sure anymore yeah no, you're. yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're accurate I'm not <laughs> um, First anyway, time for everything. Three all in normal time. No, three all in extra time. Well, Two, ex- all in extra time. time yeah. Two all in normal time. Two normal
1: time, and then three all uh, in extra time. Philadelphia taking the lead. LAFC had a player sent off, and then in the very closing moments of extra time, and there was like nine or ten minutes added in extra time. Gareth Bale pops up with a header, and Gareth Bale has been benched for like what much of the, <laughs> no, much of really. the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Pops up with an outstanding late header and then LAFC take it on penalties. And just an incredible catharsis for LAFC, for Bale. And it's wild, isn't it? Because you know, we always joke about how like, elite teams don't need elite forwards until the knockout stages, until the quarters, the semis. For example, we always say, like, oh, no. does Holland need to be at City? Not yet. They don't need him yet. They need him in the quarters onwards.
2: Although they have needed him already. They needed him at the weekend, really. If you think about it. There's, the
1: there's, uh, there's, there's, there's actually, there's a slight, It's a slight concern for City. They don't become too dependent on Holland. I I will say this. Not because he's not amazing, because he is. Um, But yeah, Bale popping up with the the very late header, a brilliant finish. And LFC taking it. And the rapturous scenes. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It's
2: great. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, it was um, LAFC keeper Maxime Crepo who had received the red card. Yeah, trying to get a Jeopardy back pass. Yeah, I I don't know.
1: It looked a little bit harsh. I think that was definitely, a, you know, it's the, because the, you know why no, it's because he was injured,
2: I think that's why it yes. also touched
1: because the collision wasn't his fault. It's yeah. because everyone could see it from the moment
2: the back pass was played. Mm. Everyone like, oh, had sympathy with him because they're like, they're like, he's got to come for it. Yeah. He's got to come for it. Yeah. Um, it was actually really similar, a passage of play to what happened. There was a moment in the, um, uh, Leeds Bournemouth game where Melier came out and I was just like, Bournemouth are in here. And Melier all of a sudden was just incredible. appeared. And, uh, it was actually really, really similar, except there was a good like. Here's what could happen, and here's what could also happen depending on. Can I
1: actually apologise to the Premier League mid-table because all the spectacular footballers at play, we haven't got time to cover it. But oh, no, no, no. Bournemouth... I'm going to talk about it. Don't
2: worry. Oh, thank goodness. Like, okay, good, good, good. Spurs and Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. Bright- they can wait until Bright- the end. Brighton Bright- like, Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, LAFC's first MLS Cup. Uh, we know, we know a couple of people who are season ticket holders there, and uh, very, yeah, very must be
1: hyped. So hyped.
2: Yeah. One more thing about this game. I had a moment of realisation Christian Teo has become the latest victim of Walcott's law oh like he's like really young and all of a sudden he's old Christian Teo is 31 no you're joking he's not that's a lie right. he's 29 at least he, uh, he must be 29 28 Christian Teo uh, is 31
1: how on earth has that happened
2: that's wild yeah Christian Teo the latest victim of Walcott's law oh my goodness oh, oh well at least he's happy Is winning yeah. yes congrats yeah. to LAFC yeah. Uh, let's go to Italy quickly. Yes.
1: Oh my goodness. I think Napoli-Atalanta has to be discussed first. All right, go for it. Napoli-Atalanta at the weekend. Atalanta came out and flew out the blocks. We know that Napoli fly out the blocks. That's the thing. Atalanta took them at their own game and raised it. They're mm-hmm. the only team that could do that. There was a bit like, you know how Pochers spurs are the only team that could play like, like Pep City in the early stages. Atlanta just flew out. Napoli were visibly taken aback by this. Um, to take the lead, no uh, Quarrett Scalia, instead, you have Elmes, uh, Elmas on the flank. And you could see that after like, Napoli realized what was happening, how they were coming at them, they ground their way back into the game. And a, another superb performance from spectacular performance from Victor Ossiman. Yeah, He was outstanding, got the equalizer, assisted the winner. And by the end of the game, Napoli had asserted themselves again. And the thing that makes them so great, I think, as a team is they have won games every different type of way this year mm. they've steamrolled from the start they've taken the lead and then just controlled play or they've ground back against elite opposition it's been so impressive
2: I was really impressed with them this game because they they clearly missed Kravitz Galia from the beginning yes 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 Atalanta really took took advantage of that and shouts to Adamo Ola Lutman as well who's having a nice old time at Atalanta this season uh, It's great. He, yeah. he put the penalty away I just think at the moment, for Napoli are passing a load of checkpoints that they haven't passed in recent years.
1: Right. Can I say this in the best possible way?
2: Last season, even though Napoli
1: were going for it, it felt like a romantic title challenge. Mm. And that's not to be a cynic, cynic about romance, but romantic in the sense that like, oh, here's a dream, but it might die. This doesn't feel romantic. This feels like the real deal. This feels like... It could be the, the real love affair.
2: Actually. Dude, can you imagine if they win the league this year? That means that Serie A in the last three years would have had Inter, Milan, and Napoli as the as the title winners. I love it. It's getting all mid eighties in here. Oh, <laughs> oof,
3: oof. Retro. The best to, kind of retro. To, yeah. to
2: relocate. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Don't tempt me.
1: But don't tempt me with a good time.
2: <laughs> Derby d'Italia. Juve beating Inter 2-0. And oh my God. Adrian Rabio's goal in this game, the first goal was so good. Kostic coming Kostic, up big. Hey, we were we, were, we were worried about Kostic. We were like, oh, I wonder if he w- misses Eintracht and then he just Did pops up. And he, was doing, he was causing havoc down that left-hand side. He really was, yeah. But, oh my God, what the hell we were into doing. They should have been, what, 2-0 up before Juve really even yeah. had a sniff? Yeah. Missed a couple of unbelievable chances. Like, Tara Martinez had one, Dzeko had another in that first half. They definitely should have been I wonder I if
1: Inter have been slightly blindsided by the quality of some of the other teams. You know how you look at the Premier League and then there's a couple of teams where you're like, I wonder if you didn't expect the opposition to be as good as this. I'm not saying Inter were complacent, I'm just saying the sharp improvement in like three or four teams
2: in Serie A might have caught them on the hop. But yeah, I just think Juve punished Inter for being wasteful. And Yeah, that's right. That's you know right. What? It's, it's like it's a massive win for Juve because that's like, They've really turned. they really started to turn stuff around in the league. Actually, they have yeah, yeah. four straight yeah. wins in the league, and admittedly, they will probably. You'd probably say they're against teams that they should be beating. You know, maybe mm. they they beat Torino in the derby. They beat Empoli four 0 They beat Lecce away, and they and then this is probably the first win in a while where you're kind of like, yeah, this is a big win for them. Yeah, you know, because if you think against the in quote unquote big games this year, um, I mean. They lost to Roma at home. They, the Champions League was a mess. We've talked about this. But apart a from trash, that, trash they, fire. you know, maybe, you know, they lost, to, they lost to Milan. So it's the first big game that they've come through this season. Mm. They've overtaken Inter in the table. They're fifth. They're two points behind Atalanta. With Lazio beating Roma as well, they've, they've got above Roma on goal difference. Yeah.
1: I want to see them make a real go of it in the Europa League, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I want to see like UEFA, you know, like UEFA Cup Juventus. I want them to activate that mode where they're like, We've come in to just devour this. Lazio beating Roma 1-0 up to third. They are. Um, Felipe Anderson with the only goal in, of the game. That's an impressive surge from them. They will, they've been in and around something, doing something quite interesting in mm. the last few years. And they're having a bit of a moment now under Sarri. Interesting to see where that goes. Um, Mourinho looks so sad. I don't blame him because Roma were not, they were not fluid. No, they weren't. They really weren't. They made very, very hard work of this, to be honest. Mm.
2: In La Liga, it was draws galore. Atleti drawing 1-0, uh, 1-0 with Espanyol. Real Sociedad drawing one all with uh, Valencia. Mallorca, though, beating Villarreal 2-0 in Villarreal. <laughs> uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show, but El Gran Derby finished 1-0 thanks to an unbelievable, unbelievable equaliser from Nemanja Gadelish. And uh, in a game that saw three red cards, uh, Gonzalo Montiel got sent off really early um, well 38 minutes it was, it was it was a nice sort of thing of like all the yellows kept being changed to reds after the <laughs> AR I
1: was like that actually no that's terrible is it or how agonizing one agonized no but it's kind of the thing of like yeah you've done something bad but that's terrible how agonizing that must feel see
2: i think if you were a referee and you would always give a blatant red card a yellow just so you can stretch it out a little bit and go and check the monitor and then come back and then do the whole like yellow no pull the thing out of the pocket and go red
3: <laughs> <laughs> musa oh, just...
2: the slow knife referee <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that is unparalleled reference. That's
3: so good. so good. Uh,
2: Jesus Navas with an own goal for Sevilla gave uh, Betis the lead. Uh, Neville Fakir got sent off for an elbow, swinging an elbow, um, which I couldn't figure out if it was fair or not. Because it, it looked like he was actually trying to just like wrestle him off with his left hand and then caught him with the back of his right. I mean, it wasn't the Sandra Martin was it? No, it wasn't, which we'll talk about in a It really bit. wasn't. Oh my goodness. And then uh, Boyer he did with this got sent off. Another one that got changed to a red. Wild game.
1: Can I say, I, and I know it sounds terrible to say this, because, you know, it's, we never like to see these, these scenes. I couldn't help but think, will this piece be the piece that reactivates 2005 Sid Lowe?
3: <laughs> yes, please.
1: <laughs> with a Guardian article a thousand words long, and every second line is an incredible one-liner. Um, so yeah I said if you're
2: listening (laughs) Uh, Barca beating Almeria 2-0 on Saturday big news there Gerard Piquet retirement yeah I mean we haven't even really talked about that quickly mention
1: that just because yeah Yeah, let's do it Gerard Piquet um, posted a video on Twitter out of nowhere uh, no sort of lead up to it basically a two minute video thanking Barcelona fans and saying that his game at the weekend would be his last for Barcelona just like that. And the, the outpouring of emotion, because you know, PK has been through a lot on and off the field recently. Mm. He's done a lot on off the field recently, yes. which he's attracted criticism. Commercially, personally, I mean, the personal stuff's none of my business. The commercial stuff, you know, um, some of his business ties, um, moves has been questionable on the field. He's been in physical decline. Well, that happens to everyone in the Barca team. And now the only one left is, is Sergio Busquets and he's on his way out, I think physically. But as a footballer. There was a real outpouring because of what he contributed. It was incredible because it had like video footage of him from like a kid Mm. dreaming of playing for Barca and then him growing older and going, can I imagine, can you imagine if I told that child that he would have won everything in football, which he quite literally has. He has won everything at (laughs) local, domestic, regional, (laughs) national, international, intercontinental, supranational, global, intergalactic level. He's done everything and he will go down in history as one of the greatest centre-backs that football has ever produced. Ever. Ever produced. Yeah, ever. It's the closest, yeah, the closest thing, you know, that there's a lot of jokes about and Bauer, you know, like Gerard Piquet and Beckenbauer and like different types of game now, but the thing that Gerard Piquet did that he did not get enough credit for was there were many times at Barcelona where there would be 30 yards between him and his goalkeeper and another 15 yards between him and Sergio Busquets, and everybody else pretty much was in the opposition half. And he basically had Gerard Piquet and Busquets patrolling like a third of the pitch routinely. And he did that for years, even post his peak, his physical peak. Incredible. There's one other scene in the video where you have him looking towards the director's box and going, I promise I'll be back, which obviously was some kind of political allusion to like running for office not as exactly that an Easter egg, not as exactly that a dog whistle as a kind of a full-on bullhorn. Pico will be running for some form of presidency or directorship. But that aside, just a pause to acknowledge his contribution as a spectacular member of the greatest club side I have ever seen and probably
2: will ever see. I think I've said it numerous times before. There, there are certain things in football that I love more than anything. It's, it's not necessarily even the keeper up for a corner. It's the keeper running back from going up for a corner. (laughs) Yes, yes. But Gerard Piquet unexplicably appearing as the furthest man forward in an attack when there hasn't been a set piece or a corner or anything that he had to go up for. And it's like (laughs) the 17th minute of the game and it's nil-nil. And all of a sudden it's like someone has made, has just pressed the make a run button on FIFA. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a straight line. Like Gerard Piquet has just uttered whatever the Catalan is for, cover me. Yes.
3: (laughs) And he's just
2: gone. It was never, ever not funny when that happened. It's one of the best things in football. It was one of the best things genuinely. And I'm going to miss that a lot. I mean, I've missed it. It's been happening a lot less over the last couple of years, but it still happens. I'm going to miss that. My one regret with PK now that he's retired is it will never see
1: him, Tony Rudiger and David Luiz in the back three because I maybe we'll
2: do it for like one of these world 11 things someone if they ever they'll never give want, us the keys I want, I to I chaos to see, 11 next soccer aid I want Wenger coaching that side if they ever allow us to like make <laughs> the most chaotic
1: because really <laughs> can you imagine those three uh, just the dressing room chat alone anyway yeah man a at right back oh my
3: god yes
1: <laughs> drink it in I loved him at right back me I'm too
3: I love, him, I, I love him
2: loved, I, loved him. I loved him. anyway um, enjoy retirement Jara PK. yeah it's well earned uh, we look forward to covering your Barcelona presidential race in a few years yes <laughs> uh, shall we go to the Premier League yes shall we do wrap it. on the Premier League we should yeah let's we should let's do it let's do a, let's do let's do a few minutes All Right, we need to big up let's be fast I yeah. think the game of the weekend was Leeds against Bournemouth without question an unbelievable seven goal thriller uh, with an unbelievable finish where The the amazing thing about Crescencio Somerville's winner was that he did a cat, he got taken out. He did a full, like,
4: (laughs) it was incredible. It was his
1: mate running alongside him who he took out, who got taken out as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. Do you know, it's incredible because I saw people going, Oh, Marsh, Marsh is toast, Marsh is cooked. And they
2: came back like this. Dude. And you know what? They kind of deserved it. I think that Bournemouth started really, really, really well. But remember, Leeds yeah. were 1-0 up in three minutes with a penalty from Rodrigo. But Bournemouth just... There's some of the football that Bournemouth played in that first half was absolutely so unbelievable. Good. So like, good. <laughs> it was such a fun game to watch, especially as a neutral. I, 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 I feel so sorry for, any, for a fan of either club who was watching that game, because it would have been horrible. I don't feel sorry for him. Do you know why?
1: Because the post-match chat must have been spontaneously amazing. How many Leeds and Bournemouth fans made lasting friendships after this game. When you come out of the ground and the vibe is so good, you're like, we're gutted to lose that. But yeah. my goodness, we saw something. There are people in this world who have season tickets to watch Leeds every week. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is an honour.
3: <laughs> do, you know do you know what I say
1: to all those yeah.
2: people? You are ain't right. You're not right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're
1: not right. How do you do it? I don't know how you, you do must it. Have, you must have two hearts. How do you do it? You I don't know how you do hearts. Hearts. it. I don't know how you
2: do it. Anyway, anyway. Um, do you know what, though? It was, a great, it was a great win for Leeds, especially off the back of last weekend against Liverpool. And the goals in this game. They and were up just... to 12th, you know? There was some unbelievable... <laughs> this is the thing, like, I, we, I, we needed a two and a half hour podcast today to yeah. literally... it should release on a
1: DVD, it's unbelievable. Oh my God. Go and watch Leeds Bournemouth back. For those you haven't seen the highlights, unbelievable.
2: Oh, Speaking of capitalising on good performances last weekend, Brighton beating Wolves 3-2 at Molyneux. Uh, mm. It looks like Lop- Yulin Lopetegui is going to take over, which I... I'm quite surprised about it. I think we said on Stadio that we'd be surprised if he did do it. I love it. I love it as an appointment. I love it so much. I'm hyped. Shout out to De and Brighton again who were brilliant. Some of the, again, yeah. some of the football that Brighton played. Matoma that, is cooking. Just, they are starting games oh. at, at like a million miles an hour. Honestly. Yeah, Matoma was, although he did go in my bad books. Really? What's this for? For a very, like possibly the most overly aggressive suggestion of a card to an opposition player that I've ever ah, seen ah. that's like, a big shot the most aggressive yeah really it, dude it went on unfa- for like you know when uh, you know when you see like two diplomats shake hands and it's some one of them just keeps it going for a bit too long mm, yes you're a bit like, this is gonna be awkward like and that was ah, basically ah. yes the equivalent it was the equivalent of the Conte tuckle handshake but suggesting that the referee give the opposition player a card very aggressive yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Brighton are two points behind Manchester United now, and they are um, they're, they're above Chelsea on goal difference. Mm. They're so good. They're just so good to Dude, watch. I mean, the two people I don't watch them regularly. Still. Check them the two out. Two points and they're Liverpool worth
1: still. It. They're worth that. They're worth it.
2: Oh man, Deserby Ball is brilliant. I love it. I love it. I want every game to be like six five. So I good. I want it. I want it that way. Uh, ah, ah, Forest ah. two, Brentford two. Uh, depending on who you support, will probably be depend. Will depend on what you think about the refereeing decisions in this game. But just a good result for Forrest there. Just a point to get that. I think weirdly, in the end, it does. I think it was a, p- a good point for both teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Man City scraping past against Fulham with a ninety-fifth minute early in Holland penalty, which again, some of the penalty decisions this weekend, I was really surprised about. Mm. What I would say with uh, Manchester City, having gone a player down,
1: losing Cancelo. And dominating the ball that way. Do you know what's incredible about this? This was a masterclass in how to play with 10 men. Absolutely. City's unique ability is to close the gaps between players. That's all it's about. Pep said, okay, we're going to shrink the pitch by doing this, this, this. And it just was absolutely masterful. Look, I know that City have vastly superior players because of the resources. At the same time, the way he coached this was superb. I wonder if Fulham will be slightly regretful they didn't threaten more on the break. Mm. I wonder that because it's understandable why they dropped deep as they did. I get it. I just feel like a little bit more ambition on the counter would have kept City a little bit more honest. But again, look, they pushed them to the very end and they were very, very good for large stretches. So a shame they didn't get a point. They deserved one, I think. Mm. But yeah, City did well to come through.
2: Um, i said this before. I'll say it again. Yui Tillemans only scores worldies
1: oh my goodness he absolutely ripped this I've got a theory about this
2: though I don't have I I can't I haven't got his heat map but I wonder whether it's because the only places that he ever really receives the ball are is outside the box so for him to score Mm. they always have to kind of be worldies because they're always so he has to rip it yeah Yeah, I might as well just like hit, hit a banger from here yeah what a strike. My God. Honestly, it's everything going down to Williams Leicester. There's more yeah. bangers than like mid nineties t- Timberland. Honestly.
3: Like That is a big shout. Honestly. <laughs> it's getting it's getting
2: close, man, in the banger count. It's
1: That's incredible. Because you know how there are games that attract bangers as well. Like Leeds, Bournemouth was definitely one with the banger oh, yeah, count yeah. was high. Yeah. That was one was a special one.
2: Yeah. Big like, you know, if it was like a there was like a, the equivalent of a football reload count. <laughs>
4: like leave Bournemouth <laughs> I'd
2: reload that like every time <laughs> um, yeah good win for Leicester that against Everton yeah yeah. Sunday oh my goodness right so Southampton losing 4-1 to Newcastle Almiron scoring again yes really good goal yeah they were they were of good value for Newcastle um, they're up to third. they really were yeah Unai Emery's Villa beating Manchester oh, United 3-1 they
1: were they were playing beautiful football you know, there, was, there were a couple of moments in the first half when I saw them play some passes through midfield and they were ripping it. There was a couple, and that sounds a bit, a bit, uh, sort of, a bit niche and a bit weird to say this. There's a, there's, a, there's a certain way that you watch a footballer strike the ball across the ground, a diagonal pass into feet. Arsenal did it actually in the early stages against Chelsea. Some of their early passing through the gaps is unreal from Zinchenko. Hojbjerg did it a couple of times for Spurs and Villa did it the entire first half United, ripping these 15, 20 yard passes into feet from the centre-backs and the midfielders into feet, and just changing the play on the diagonal. And it was just like, it was like sort of, you know, peak Fabregas. And the way that he has them playing, the way that he has them organise Emery in just one, what, week of training pretty much, maybe less? Mm.
2: Not it even was that, so I good. think
1: it was only a few days. Bailey was yeah. so good. Oh Bailey God. was Leon Bailey was, we, we, knew, we knew he had this in him, right? We've seen it from him before. We've seen the, the quality. But the thing that's so exciting about Emery is how excited the Villa fans were yeah. when he was appointed. I, I, I don't think I've seen that much joy over an appointment from a fan base because, you know, you've seen like when Klopp went to Liverpool, yeah, people excited, but this felt different. It was like, we finally got someone who has, who has won it. Not who has like got the potential, but someone who's actually done this. The fact that Emery coached a, coached a Champions League masterclass, mm. there's almost no other manager in World Football that takes Villarreal yeah. to the semis of the Champions League, no, having not won not, Europa.
2: No.
3: Yeah,
1: It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that he did that. And I'm just really happy for him. Like, you know, it was funny, prior to the game, you asked me how I felt and I, I kind of had ambivalence about the game. But mm. my one feeling was, you know, just really, I was, ha- I was hoping for United said that Donny van Beek would play well. He didn't have a good game, unfortunately. But like you said at the end, you said, I'm so happy for Emery and I share that absolutely. Mm. I love that he, his team played football at this level
2: a lot of questions for ten hag and united obviously a few key injuries yeah. but also just yeah i thought i thought united had moved past the ronaldo as a nine thing and i don't think it worked at all i don't think he gave manchester united much i think the i think he was he kept getting involved in just like really nonsense scraps um and the fact that he's i, I don't know man I, the fact that he's captain at the moment i don't understand like that, i just don't get it at all i don't understand uh, it at so all. i think there's a lot of questions for man united and yeah I I said uh, on Twitter that that there feels like there's a bit of a league table forming for clubs that really need the World Cup break and I think Man United are definitely top six. Yeah, that's a great shout, you know, that's a great shout. I'd put Arsenal in that. Beating Chelsea 1-0 at Mm. Stamford Bridge but I think that Arsenal, you know, like the the Southampton game and the PSV game, they kind of looked like they were starting to struggle a little bit and Mm. while the Chelsea, I thought they were really good against Chelsea, Mm. uh, I do think if they can get through the game against Wolves with a win and just everyone there were a few players that are starting to look a little bit knackered. That's right, yeah. Um, but they were such good value for that, for that win. Um, oh, we didn't even, sorry, we didn't talk about Leon Bailey getting elbowed from Lissandra Martinez. Do you want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, that, that was just a, it was a
1: bad foul. I, I'm not sure how that doesn't attract a red card.
3: I, I do it. it I, yeah, I'm like, it I, nally, I, I say it? this is
1: like, I'm a huge fan of his, don't get me wrong. It's more like you review so many things and you have got to be consistent because you're giving penalties and other things for like stuff that's minimal. Yeah, uh, well, I, I actually have it, I can see why the minimal penalties are given because letter of the law. But yeah, the Martinez foul was. Oof,
2: it was wild was because a, he. he yeah. it wasn't like uh, they were both jostling for it. Like it was very much like Martinez it's a frustration was. Thing. It's a frustration thing. Yeah, man. Martinez it's was the instigator. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leon Bailey posted a tweet actually saying, "Very disappointing the referees today. I couldn't breathe for a second after getting elbowed twice in my ribs." Lionsman yeah. went on to say, "I shouldn't be saying anything because I was doing just the same thing to Martinez. Sometimes I don't understand why we got VAR." Sma. Yeah, I think he's got a point. To be honest,
1: I think he does. Yeah, I think he does.
2: But yeah, uh, Arsenal,
1: Chelsea. Um... Again, this is the kind of game that this is the kind of game that Arsenal didn't win in terms of the type of game, in terms of the pivotal. You know, when like Arsenal went behind a team in the league I had to make up points. I mean, in that context, like when they had to like make up points because. The moment they got this opportunity, it was like, oh, can they do it? And to be fair to Chelsea as well, you're missing a fully fit Kovacic and Kante. You're missing Chilwell and Reese James. So the way they were then playing, they were forced into this defensive crouch. And the the sad thing for them is, again, you've got the centre-backs of like Azpilicueta and Thiago Silva. Mm. And Mendy's almost certain on the ball. You can't afford to play a high line. So Potter was thinking, my options are actually, it's strange to think that a team with a lot of resources is limited, but Chelsea were limited in terms of what they could do. And they kind of had to invite Arsenal to beat them and then hit them on the break. Mm. The one criticism of Chelsea would say is they weren't maybe imaginative enough on the counter. No. Like there was that one
2: say. period, what was it? About, about 35 to 40 minutes, no, 30 to 40 minutes in? Yeah. They kind of had Arsenal, not on the ropes, but Arsenal looked like they couldn't really get out as much. But apart from that, I just thought Arsenal just controlled the game. Yeah, I thought Ben White handled um, Kai Havertz really well as well. Ben White, actually. honestly, is... I mean, His first of all, I love him. I think he's, he's yeah. hilarious. Like, low-key, the funniest guy in the Arsenal squad at the moment. You mm. see seen in the celebration where he ran over and just dinks so a little fun. ball onto Odegaard's head. So, so funny. He's so cheeky. So I love him. I love him. Um, he's just, I and mean, put it this way, a lot of those kind of, why has Benjamin White cost the same amount of Varane thing, or more than Varane quiet. has gone. Very quiet. Yeah. Very like, quiet. I love the the tweet doing the rounds. Find you someone who holds you. Like Mark Cucurea holds Granite Jacker for the goal.
3: (laughs) 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 Can I say with Granite
2: Jacker, can I just say with Granite
1: Jacker, how can I say this? You know, growing up in my local town, there was always a a particular type of dude you would know who would just attract fights from newcomers to the village or the town. They would just be standing there mind their business on a night out and they'd be like, you're like the fighting type, and he just attracts <laughs> malice. There was Poor an interesting Granit.
2: moment actually, where like because him and Chalibur were having that little tussle at the end, and then Colin yeah, just yeah. pushed him and kind of realized what he'd done and almost, <laughs> almost immediately started to try and de escalate. <laughs> um, I wouldn't fuck with Granite Shaka, like, I just wouldn't at all. Um, also, to be honest, like, I really... Chelsea
1: could have done with a player like that, to be honest. Yeah. You know, you look at like a Kovacic. And when I saw Kovacic come off the bench, I just thought he must be injured because he's someone that starts again like this. Mm. And I, I, I think, he, yeah, a fully fit Kovacic should always start for Chelsea. Yeah,
2: we'll, leave, we'll let the right house gang talk a little bit more about. Yeah, With a quick shout for Palace beating West Ham in the last pretty much the last kick of the game from Michael Elise, who gave one of the best post-match interviews I've ever seen. Yeah. Actually, there were some good ones this weekend. Granite Shaka's like it's fucking unbelievable. Des <laughs> Des being very quickly like sorry for the language, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Elise being like yeah yeah Just gave me the ball and i scored <laughs> cool yeah it was nice yeah got great <laughs> three wins in the last four for Palace yeah moving on along nicely and Liverpool winning their first uh, first uh, lee, uh, away league game for six months that is a wild stat Being Spurs 2-1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium deserved Darwin Nunez was very good in this
1: game he's still he's still trying a little bit too hard I think but you see his combination with Salah is, is excellent. Finding him in great positions and as a physical presence, he's excellent. And he's, he stretches the play really, really well.
2: He's a great chaos agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
1: really, really good. Really effective. And they deserve this win.
2: If he's a bit better decision-making and a bit more clinical in yeah. front of goal, Nunez will be a real player. But we're, um, I think Spurs were a little bit unlucky not to have a penalty here. Again, going along with the theme of strange decisions from the weekend. I think Trent pushes over Ryan Sassignon.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I that. think it's I a penalty.
2: And I'm not really sure why it wasn't given.
1: I think for the most part, he handled his flank pretty well, actually. Uh, I just think the scrutiny is, yeah. is such a high, there's so much visibility on him now. Mm. People are paying so much more attention. So I wonder if we're overcompensating with our analysis. But yeah, I mean, he was, um, I think, mostly really quite good. He had a couple of wobbles, with except exce- yeah, with the exception of the Cessignon thing. I think he was mostly, mostly pretty good.
2: Uh, Spurs again doing their like not so great in the first half, great in the second half thing. And yeah. um, I just wonder. I mean, weirdly, to be honest, I actually think that they were pretty good in this game. Probably the best they played for a little while, mm. and that's obviously without Son. They've been missing Son. They got Kulusevski yeah. came back on, which was so Instant key difference. for them. Yeah, and he looked difference. he looked great straight away, and Kane's goal was lovely. So I think. I think we said this before like like maybe even last week when I mean to be honest they they in that league table of people who need the World Cup Spurs could do with it to get the people who aren't going fully back back up to speed they could if everyone's fit and I think Spurs will be will be fine um, yeah but the problem so. that you got this season though is Newcastle coming into that that Champions League race is going to prov- you know it's it's like what the hell another one
1: yeah and they're playing that the style they're playing is, is absolutely sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Because the quality of the coaching means that you've got existing players in the squad stepping up. There's no reason why Liverpool, why, why Newcastle can't envisage a Europa League spot at the least because we're in a chaotic season. Oh, at the very we're, least. We're, I mean, in a, we're in a chaotic season and like they're not going to lose as many people as other clubs will. Mm.
2: Um, so yeah. I mean, Arsenal and Manchester City obviously have that game in hand against each other. But if you take yeah. Newcastle down, Uh, Newcastle on 27 points Palace a 10th on 19 points so there's 8 points separating 10th from 3rd there's a long way to go there's over half the season left and I I think how that that ends up I have no idea
1: the only team that I would say should be a little bit disappointed and not taking advantage of this kind of the current chaos is, is actually West Ham I'm slightly disappointed not in them but for them because I feel like they've got the quality to do a bit more of what they have and you know, this, this feels like if there's a year you're really going to go and make a big stride, it feels like this should be the year that they could do it. But yeah, I just think they've got a bit more than they're showing at the moment and I hope they I hope they click into gear.
2: Do you think we got everything?
1: I think we did. I think we did. If there's anything else, then Gow, you know I'm what? <laughs> <at> of <our> Twitter. <Kwan laughs> it won't be me because I won't be verified. So <laughs> it might not even be me you're tweeting at.
2: Anyway, let's roll. Don't forget to check Wright's House on Tuesday. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Check Moose's piece with GQ. We tweeted it from the Stadio account as well. Uh, great piece, that by the way, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. We'll be back on Thursday. Also, don't forget to check the Stadio Actress playlist on Spotify. We're playing out on Frank Hutton. A wonderful old soul tune called Old Man Me. Anything you want to add, Moose O'Gwongen? I'm the
1: Old Man Me on this podcast. I tell you that. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing further.
2: Much love, everyone. We'll see you Thursday. See you then.
0: Singing
4: I've been lost in a storm. i been